O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, May 15th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion Bamidbar, and it means in the wilderness. Numbers 4, 1-20 Hashem spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Take a separate census of the Kohathites among the Leviim by the clans of their ancestral house from the age of thirty years up to the age of fifty, all who are subject to service, to perform tasks for the Tent of Meeting. This is the responsibility of the Kohathites in the Tent of Meeting, the most sacred objects. At the breaking of camp, Aaron and his sons shall go in and take down the screening curtain and cover the Aron Habrit with it. They shall lay a covering of dolphin skin over it and spread a cloth of pure blue on top, and they shall put its poles in place. Over the table of display they shall spread a blue cloth. They shall place upon it the bowls, the ladles, the jars, and the libation jugs, and the regular bread shall rest upon it. They shall spread over these a crimson cloth, which they shall cover with a covering of dolphin skin, and they shall put the poles in place. Then they shall put a blue cloth and cover the menorah for light lighting with its lamps, its tongs, and its firepans, as well as all the oil vessels that are used in its service. They shall put it and all its furnishings into a covering of dolphin skin, which they shall then place on a carrying frame. Next. They shall spread a blue cloth over the mitzbayah, or altar, of gold, and cover it 
with a covering of dolphin skin, and they shall put its poles in place. They shall take all the service vessels with which the service in the sanctuary is performed, put them in a blue cloth, and cover them with a covering of dolphin skin, which they shall then place on a carrying frame. They shall remove the ashes from the copper altar and spread a purple cloth over it. Upon it they shall place all the vessels that are used in its service, the firepans, the flesh hooks, the scrapers, and the basins, all the vessels of the altar, and over it they shall spread a covering of dolphin skin, and they shall put its poles in place. When Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sacred objects, and all the furnishings of the sacred objects at the breaking of camp. Only then shall the Kohathites come and lift them, so that they do not come in contact with the sacred objects and die. These things in the tent of meeting shall be the porterage of the Kohathites. Responsibility shall rest with Eleazar, son of Aaron the Kohen, for all the lighting oil, the aromatic incense, the regular meal offering, and the anointing oil, responsibility for the whole Mishkan, and for everything consecrated that is in it or in its vessels. Hashem spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Do not let the group of Kohathite clans be cut off from the Leviim. Do this with them, that they may live and not die, when they approach the most sacred objects. Let Aaron and his sons go in and assign each of them to his duties and to his porterage. But let not the Kohathites go inside and witness the dismantling of the sanctuary, lest they die. 1 Samuel 17, 1-18-4 The Philistines assembled their forces for battle. They massed at Soka of Yehuda and encamped at Ephes Daman, between Soko and Azekah. Saul and the men of Israel massed and encamped in the valley of Elah. They drew up their line of battle against the Philistines, with the Philistines stationed on one hill and Israel stationed on the opposite hill. The ravine was between them. A champion of the Philistine forces stepped forward. His name was Goliath of Gath and he was six amot, and a zeret tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a breastplate of scale armor, a bronze breastplate weighing 5,000 shekels. He had bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin slung from his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's bar, and the iron head of his spear weighed 600 shekels, and the shield-bearer marched in front of him. He stopped and called out to the ranks of Israel, and he said to them, Why should you come out to engage in battle? I am the Philistine champion, and you are Saul's servants. Choose one of your men, and let him come down against me. If he bests me in combat and kills me, we will become your slaves. But if I best him and kill him, you shall be our slaves and serve us. And the Philistine ended, I herewith defy the ranks of Israel. Get me a man and let's fight it out. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and terror-stricken. David was the son of a certain pathrite of Bethlehem in Yehuda, whose name was Yishai. 
He had eight sons, and in the days of Saul, the man was already old, advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Yishai had left and gone with Saul to the war. The names of his three sons who had gone to the war were Eliab, the firstborn, the next Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest. The three oldest had followed Saul, and David would go back and forth from attending on Saul to shepherd his father's flock at Bethlehem. The Philistine stepped forward morning and evening and took his stand for forty days. Yishai said to his son David, Take an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers, and carry them quickly to your brothers in camp. Take these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand. Find out how your brothers are and bring some token from them. Saul and the brothers and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, in the war against the Philistines. Early next morning David left someone in charge of the flock, took the provisions, and set out as his father Yishai had instructed him. He reached the barricade as the army was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up their battle lines opposite each other. David left his baggage with the man in charge of the baggage and ran toward the battle line and went to greet his brothers. While he was talking to them, the champion, whose name was Goliath, the Philistine of Gath, stepped forward from the Philistine ranks and spoke the same words as before, and David heard them. When the men of Israel saw the man, they fled in terror. And the men of Israel were saying among themselves, Do you see that man coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The man who kills him will be rewarded by the king with great riches. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and grant exemption to his father's house in Israel. David asked the man standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills that Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is that uncircumcised Philistine that he dares defy the ranks of the living God? The troops told him in the same words what would be done for the man who killed him. When Eliab, his oldest brother, heard him speaking to the men, Eliab became angry with David and said, Why did you come down here, and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your impudence and your impertinence. You came down to watch the fighting. But David replied, What have I done now? I was only asking. And he turned away from him toward someone else. He asked the same question, and the troops gave him the same answer as before. The things David said were overheard and were reported to Saul, who had him brought over. David said to Saul, Let no man's courage fail him. Your servant will go and fight that Philistine. But Saul said to David, You cannot go to that Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. David replied to Saul, Your servant has been tending his father's sheep. And if a lion or a bear came and carried off an animal from the flock, I would go after it and fight it and rescue it from its mouth. And if it attacked me, I would seize it by the beard and strike it down and kill it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and that uncircumcised Philistine shall end up like one of them, for he has defied the ranks of the living Hashem. Hashem, David went on, 
who saved me from lion and bear will also save me from that Philistine. Then go, Saul said to David, and may Hashem be with you. Saul clothed David in his own garment. He placed a bronze helmet on his head and fastened a breastplate on him. David girded his sword over his garment. Then he tried to walk, but he was not used to it. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these, for I am not used to them. So David took them off. He took his stick, picked a few smooth stones from the wadi, put them in the pocket of his shepherd's bag, and sling in hand he went toward the Philistine. The Philistine, meanwhile, was coming closer to David, preceded by his shield-bearer. When the Philistine caught sight of David, he scorned him, for he was but a boy, ruddy and handsome. And the Philistine called out to David, Am I a dog that you should come against me with sticks? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come here, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. David replied to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day Hashem will deliver you into my hands. I will kill you and cut off your head and I will give the carcass of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth. All the earth shall know that there is a Hashem in Israel. And this whole assembly shall know that Hashem can give victory without sword or spear. For the battle is Hashem's, and he will deliver you into our hands. When the Philistine began to advance toward him again, David quickly ran up to the battle line to face the Philistine. David put his hand into the bag. He took out a stone and slung it. It struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Thus David bested the Philistine with the sling and stone. He struck him down and killed him. David had no sword. So David ran up and stood over the Philistine, grasped his sword, and pulled it from its sheath, and with it he dispatched him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their warrior was dead, they ran. The men of Israel and Yehudah rose up with a war cry, and they pursued the Philistines all the way to Gai and up to the gates of Ekron. The Philistines fell mortally wounded along the road to Sharim up to Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines and looted their camp. David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put his weapons in his own tent. When Saul saw David going out to assault the Philistine, he asked his army commander Abner, Whose son is that boy, Abner? And Abner replied, By your life, your majesty, I do not know. Then find out whose son that young fellow is, the king ordered. So when David returned after killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him to Saul with the head of the Philistine still in his hand. Saul said to him, Whose son are you, my boy? And David answered, The son of your servant, Yishai, the Bethlehemite. When David finished speaking with Saul, 
Jonathan's soul became bound up with the soul of David. Jonathan loved David as himself. Saul took him into his service that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Jonathan and David made a pact because Jonathan loved him as himself. Jonathan took the cloak and tunic he was wearing and gave them to David with his sword, bow, and belt. John 8, 21-30 Then said Yeshua again to them, the Pharisees, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he says, Where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore to you, that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Then said they to him, Who are you? And Yeshua said to them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Yeshua to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. Psalm 111, 1-10 Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, in the assembly of the upright, and in the congregation. The works of Yahweh are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given meat to them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He has showed his people the power of his works, that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Proverbs 15:11. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children to, of men. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from 1 Samuel 17 and 18. And in this chapter is the famous battle between David and Goliath. And there's a key theme in this chapter. 
of the little guy against the overwhelming giant? And how can this little guy, this young boy, overcome this huge giant who's battle-seasoned and in full battle array? And it's a battle that is miraculously won because David comes in verse 45, he says to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defied. So David came in a huge confidence. He came in the strength and in the power of the living God of Israel. And often we can see this theme of the little guy against the big, huge giant, even in today's culture, where we see big tech squashing and stomping on and trampling upon free speech. As an example, I just saw an email of LifeSite News, and they do a really great job of reporting news on their website lifesitenews.com and they recently were completely deplatformed from Facebook. They've been deplatformed also from Twitter and YouTube. And so again, this is the Goliath stomping on and coming against the small little guy, David. And sometimes when we face these battles, it seems impossible because we're outnumbered outgunned, outpowered, outresourced in every way. And yet, when we have the God of Israel with us, if God be for us, who can be against us? In verse 26, David asks the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills that Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is that uncircumcised Philistine that he dares defy the ranks of the living God? The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. David expresses his conviction that the battle against Goliath and the Philistines is far more than an ordinary military affair. Goliath taunts the entire nation of Israel and thus, by extension, the God of Israel. Defeating him is therefore not only a military necessity, but also a spiritual imperative. David understands that an attack on the people of Israel is always an attack on God himself and is prepared to risk his life to defeat Goliath in order to defend the nation and God's honor. Hashem responds by granting the nation a miraculous victory at the hands of the young David. We see similar stories in our own generation when the small nation of Israel has miraculously defeated armies far larger than their own, and whose citizens have frequently seen the hand of God intervening to save Jews from peril. I just encourage you to meditate on this story, and if you are going through some kind of a battle that seems impossible, and that your foe or your enemy is far larger and more powerful and stronger than you are. Remember who it is that you serve. Remember who it is who backs you up. 
Remember who it is who will fight this battle for you on your behalf. You will overcome in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. You will overcome. He will fight this battle for you on your behalf. Whether you're fighting COVID or fighting some kind of a an attack, whatever it might be, God will fight the battle for you. Trust him. Trust him. Hide in him. Believe on him. And he will bring you the victory. In Yeshua's name, amen. Vish Mareka Yah Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>